My name is Bond, James Bond. My instructions were implicit. I was to leave for Jamaica in two hours, licensed to kill. Now you maybe miss it. You don't miss a thing. I decided to accept your invitation. I have to leave immediately. Just as things were getting interesting again. <laughs> Bond, 007. Licensed to kill whom he pleases, where he pleases, when. Hello, and welcome to Viva La Action, the movie podcast where we're talking about all things action movies. The good, the bad, and the underrated. My name is Santi, and with me as always is my co-host, Grayson. Hello, that's me. That is you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, my lips are now kind of sticky because of all the sugar I was just consuming. Oh, there you um, go. It's it's a crisp eight thirty in the morning right now. Oh heck um, yeah! I just just scarfed a couple of cookies and cream pop tarts. Um, Got so I'm ready to rumble. Yeah, I had some of those uh, blueberry Belgium Eggo waffles. Eating fancy, jeez, very good. Because uh, they're thick, they're real big mm-hmm. and thick. Because like the normal Eggo waffles, they're just not enough. Like I could eat like a whole box of those in one sitting. The Belgian yeah. ones are a little bigger, and so I'm not a huge Eggo waffle fan, but I I quite like the um. The French toast ones. That oh like yeah, 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 yeah. Those, those are pretty good. good. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that's been a go waffle chat. Um, yeah. Uh, excuse me. Um, You're excused. What we do on this show, generally <laughs> speaking, is uh, we roughly. watch and, what roughly what we do, what we're supposed <laughs> to do. <laughs> we watch a movie, and then we review said movie. Um, and boy, oh boy, did we do that this week? Yeah, we did. We watched Doctor No, yeah, the very first James Bond film, um, directed by one Terrence Young, uh, starring one Sean Connery, uh, the largest man on earth. He's um, so big. He's very large. <laughs> <laughs> This movie was based on the writings of author Ian Fleming, who wrote the James Bond film or James Bond novels. Um, This one is adapted from the sixth novel, which is also, I believe, called Dr. No. Um, I just buffered and I can't remember what I was going to say. Like I said, this is the very first James Bond film Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. It has something like a 90 something percent. Um, Very highly regarded critically. I think audience-wise, it's probably around the same. In the film, James Bond is sent to Jamaica to investigate the disappearance of a fellow British agent. The trail leads him to the underground base of Dr. Julius Snow, who is plotting to disrupt an early American space launch from Cape Canaveral with a radio beam weapon. 
It is the most 60s film of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, I was... Oh, boy. But uh, before we get into the to the film's larger plot and uh, uh, themes that it may have, um, and its yellow face, and it's... Uh, just it's just it's jolly good time uh what did you think of it it was all right it was all right um it's the first james bond movie i have ever seen mm-hmm. um and uh yeah it's very 60s you know they were doing the the classic class hand <laughs> punch yes um you had the great lighting that just like bar of light across people's faces mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. classic love that shit um you had people holding I, I i'm convinced that people in the 60s didn't actually know how to hold a gun yet because they <laughs> always held it like like low and like at yeah the hip. Right, mm-hmm. they weren't like up here. They were like down, real low. Um, it was also kind of janky. The the weapons. It seemed yeah. like there was like cuts almost mm-hmm. between shots. I don't know. It seemed very janky, but it was the sixties. So what are you gonna do? Um, but yeah, I liked it. It was all right. All right, I was bored out of my fucking mind but well, yeah I, I have a certain i have a certain love for this kind of movie um like i love the james bond films i haven't seen all of them i've seen a great deal of them like i've seen all the modern ones um i've seen a bunch of the like 60s and 70s ones um but for me i like them when they're really really wacky like i love <laughs> the ones that are like James Bond just like got a he's got a gadget down every pocket and he's like yeah. in a flying car or whatever. Yeah. Um so for me this one doesn't hit as well as like some of the later ones. Um because it does have the pace of a movie from the 60s. Like <laughs> yes. there's just a lot of faffing about, like just a lot yeah. of like you know just we'll get into it, but um Yeah. So this isn't my favorite James Bond movie, but I think like because it is the first one, you get a lot of stuff in it that like helps you kind of like basically like temper you to be able to watch the later ones without getting like freaked out. Um, Cause they're just like, what is all this? Yeah. Um, Cause this one's, it gets wacky at the end, but uh, it yes. starts off pretty, pretty normal. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about all that stuff, but um, just, if if you haven't seen the movie before, uh, from this point forward, we're probably going to spoil most of the film. Um, so turn it off, and and uh, if you feel like watching it, go watch it. But uh, without spoiling the the rest of the film, would you recommend somebody go watch this? As an introduction to James Bond, probably. Mm-hmm. But I think you could get away with not, and I would probably recommend like a newer one, just because, like you said, this one is it kind of drags a little bit, and so it's like, eh, go watch one of the more fast-paced ones because that tends to be what people assume James Bond is like. Most of the time, it's just like super fast-paced, action-packed thing, and so for this one, is like, eh. So, um, 
if they wanted a nice ease, easy way into James Bond, yeah, I'd probably recommend it. But if they're like, you know, I, I want to be entertained, I'd probably be like, eh, go watch one of the other ones. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Like, I think for me, you could go watch like the modern Casino Royale, the one with, with Daniel Craig. Yeah. Um, I think that one is probably a, not a better introduction, but like, if you want like a, an action movie that we're probably more accustomed to now, um, that is a very good start because it's just it's just straight up like a, a good action movie. Yeah. Um, whereas this one, it's more of like a gumshoe detective kind of thing. Yes. With a little bit of wackiness thrown in there. Um, but I, I think if you have a love for what we would call like like cheesy cinema, so like like spy movies or monster movies or, or anything like that. Um, I think there's fun to be had, but it's definitely not my, I w I wouldn't say it's my like go-to James Bond movie. If that right. Sense. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll get back into the, into the, the plot of the film, but, um, so the, do, do you know anything about the history of James Bond? Um, I told my dad that I had watched this movie, and he had told me that the novels are extremely... Oh. I have a dog. Um, oh. uh, the novels are extremely racist. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> No, that's, I think that's fair. No, I, yeah, they're definitely a product of their time. Um, so Ian Fleming was a, um, he was a British author. Um, he has since passed away. Um, I think if he was alive, he would be just fucking old as shit. Um, <laughs> but so he, he was actually, he was in the British military during World War II. Um, I don't know if he worked in MI6, which is the, the British secret intelligence. Um, but he definitely like worked around it. Um, and he, he had this idea for like a, 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 a spy character who like gets involved in like international espionage. And he kind of based it on like stories he had heard um, from around uh, just the, the British military um, like in the fifties and sixties and actually a few of his like inspirations for um, James Bond came from uh, Christopher Lee, who, if you know, if anybody who doesn't know who Christopher Lee is, he's count Dooku. In, oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. He, in, in star Wars. Cause Christopher Lee was actually in MI six. Um, oh, right. Like in real life, he was, he was an actual assassin. Um very scary man, Christopher. Yeah. Lee. Did you did you hear about when he was playing Saruman, mm -hmm. and when they were filming that scene in Two Towers, um, where he gets stabbed? Yeah. And Peter Jackson was like, "Oh yeah, you know, you you know, when you get stabbed, do this, do this." And he went, "No, I've actually like seen and stabbed." people they don't do that <laughs> and so when he gets stabbed at the top of the tower that reaction is apparently how actual people react when they mm -hmm. get stabbed yeah so yeah 
Yeah, so, you know, real-life Nazi <laughs> hunter Christopher Lee. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, part of... Par James Bond is partially inspired by the real-life um, work of Christopher Lee because Christopher Lee is actually... I can't remember the exact relation, but he's like a cousin of Ian Fleming, like a second or third cousin in some way. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, that guy... Christopher Lee is, like, related to every... Like, if you read about his life, he's, like, related to Ian Fleming... He like met J.R.R. Tolkien in real life. Um, he like he did all those kinds of crazy shit. We should just do a whole episode on Christopher Lee, but um, hell yeah, yeah. So so James Bond is like partially inspired by real life, but definitely like turned up to eleven. Um, and Ian Fleming wrote he wrote like a dozen James Bond books, just like a ton of them, because um, they were really popular, right? They were and they were easy for him to kind of pump out. Um, and for a long time, he had kind of like toyed with the idea of doing um, a film. And he had written a screenplay for a James Bond film that he sold to this producer. Um, excuse me. Uh, who went by the name of Harry Saltzman. Um, and Harry Saltzman kind of like couldn't really get like funding for it. So he went to this family. And people will will who are big James Bond fans were, are, are going to know who I'm talking about. Um, he went to the Broccoli family, um, who are exactly who they sound like. Um, they have an empire because of Broccoli, um, and their last name is Broccoli. Um, so he he went to, to a man named Cubby Broccoli. Um, no, who, you're lying. I'm, I'm not lying. You can look this up. His name was Cubby Broccoli. Um, what the f and Harry Saltzman and Cubby Broccoli formed Eon Productions, which um, is still owned by the Broccoli family. Um, this one family still owns the rights to James Bond. Um, wow. And they produced like this TV movie, which like didn't do super well. And it was like very loosely based on James Bond. Um, in fact, I think in the movie, he's not even called James Bond. He's called like James something else. Um, or he might be called Jimmy Bond. I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't Jimmy matter. Bond. <laughs> um, so then eventually this movie got made. Um, there were all kinds of people who were up for the running of James Bond. Like I know Cary Grant was in the running. Um, and a, a bunch of like pompous British actors that you've probably never heard of. Um, but, uh, Sean Connery came to the attention, I believe of, um, cubby broccoli's wife um because he was in this movie called uh, something in the little people i can't remember it's like this weird like fanciful drama kind of thing um and she was like no you gotta like check him out like he's 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 great and at first like the production didn't want him because he wasn't really a known actor um yeah and he sean connery is known for being kind of a difficult person to work with um and you know he's just this giant scottishman and uh james bond is supposed to be this like sleek you know kind of wiry like englishman um, yeah and they were like i don't know and then they did a screen test with him and they were like oh yeah like that's that's our james bond right because he's very good yeah. looking um oh, he is yeah uh, sean connery and so eventually it like went to him and <clears throat> the production went ahead you can probably tell but um this movie had a very low budget um, oh yeah the the first one like there's there's a lot of like shoddy production 
in this first one. Um, later on, they get bigger budgets and they become much more uh, cleaned up. But this one's real tacky. Um, and I don't mean tacky in like a bad way, but just like very like, like you can see the budget in a lot of parts. Yeah, um, it's it was very Star Trek. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Like with their their fucking styrofoam, like I don't know if you ever seen the this the the scene from that one uh, Star Trek episode where Kirk picks up a stalagmite or something, yes. and it's very clearly just styrofoam. Yeah, like they didn't even try to hide it. Mm-mm. Um, yeah, I was getting that vibe from this movie. I was like, ah, excellent. Yeah, <laughs> like the great... whole car chase. Yes, and the oh. The green we'll, we'll get to the car chases, <laughs> oh but God. um, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. But there's a my favorite bit of like bad uh, production value that they that they had was when James Bond first enters um, M uh, M's office, and M is like the he's like the head of MI6, um, he's like his superior, and James Bond walks into his office, and it's supposed to be this like fancy you know, British executive's office. And you can see behind him, there's like paintings on the wall that are clearly just like, like paper, like on cardboard. <laughs> not oh yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. And like if you, if you look at the door behind him, it's this like weird, like, like wool door. Like it's got like this weird material on it because it was like made very cheaply. And just like the whole office is this weird, like, just cheap set that they just had to throw together. Yeah. Um, it's wonderful. It's yeah, it, it is something I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, uh, but just dis- despite the low budget, this movie did very well. It cleaned up like at the really? box office. Um, yeah. And, and it had to, because, you know, they wanted to make a bunch of these um, and they were a little worried. Cause like they weren't sure. Sh- Cause for the time, this movie is like very British and it's very sexual, which American movies were not at the time. Um, And so they were very worried that they were like, I don't know how this is going to play like in the U S but it just like cleaned up. It just fucking swept the floor with everybody. I think it was the highest grossing film that year. Um, And yeah. And and now we have the James Bond series because of it. It's one of the longest running series of, of films. I think it's beaten only by Godzilla. I was um, going to say, yeah, where does Godzilla rank and all that? Because Godzilla's been running since 1956. Um, ah. Or, fi- no, sorry, 1954. Um, so Godzilla's very old, like much older than than James Bond. But yeah. um, and, and there was an older film series before that, but it, it, we don't talk about those anymore. Um, <laughs> Who wins, Godzilla or James Bond? Godzilla. so what do you what do you think of of sean connery in this film so when i when i started watching it i actually texted you Mm -hmm. uh because first of all i only know sean connery from indiana jones right (laughs) so i only know him when he's older yeah so when i first saw sean connery in that like poker scene I didn't even realize it was him yeah. until he started speaking. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, he, I, I think he did a pretty good job. 
you know, for a low budget film like this, um, and you know, this kind of being where he took off from, um, I think he did a really good job. He's very fit. Oh, He's yeah. very fit. He's very good looking. Um, you know, I, I think casting him was a solid choice. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it blew my mind that he was so young. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think he did, I think he did great. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I think he's, I think he's a very good actor. He is a very good actor. And I think for the most part, everybody in this movie does a good job despite it, its budget. Yeah. Um, Cause I think, so I was listening. I'm going to, if anybody is interested, there's a podcast called James Bonding. Um, <laughs> and it's hosted by um, Matt Gorley, who is this, he's a, a pretty well-known like podcast producer. Um, he works on Conan O'Brien's podcast, but uh, if anybody's interested, it's a great podcast. They basically, it's him and this other guy um, and they get like a guest in every week and they watch one of the James Bond films and like talk about it. But on that podcast, he was talking about how um, one thing that the James Bond series has been very good at is like casting good people in all the roles. Um, yeah. And I feel like, especially in this movie, like there's not really a bad actor among them. Like they're, they're all doing that kind of 1960s acting, which is, yeah. You know, it's hammy, but I think it's it works for the movie and it works for the time. Um, like there's no performer on screen who I'm like, terrible job. Like all of them, yeah. like they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, they're not yeah. uh, overselling or underselling anything, but they're they're doing a good job, I think, for the most part. Um, what one thing we talked about right at the beginning that I think you can't ignore. Um, there's a little bit of yellow face in this movie. Yeah. And when I yeah. say a little bit, I mean a lot. Um, yeah. There are three characters in this film who are supposed to be Asian or part Asian, and none of them are. <laughs> no. They are not. Like, there's that. So the first one that we meet is she's that photographer lady um, who's like, she, she, what are you looking at? <laughs> Mercury's having so many issues scratching her face. <laughs> what? She's like trying to bite her own foot while do. What are you doing? Sorry, she's That's a weirdo. Okay. Dogs, man. Yeah, she's a big old weirdo. Anyway, yeah, yeah. the. Go ahead. Um, just getting us back on to the, you know, horrible racism. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the most racist James Bond film, I should say. Oh. Uh -oh. Um, there is, I don't remember which one it is. One of the Sean Connery James Bond films takes place in Japan. And oh for the most part, it's okay. But there is a part in the film where James Bond is disguised as a Japanese person. Oh, and it's no. horrible. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, that's not good. Like they yellow him up and it just looks awful. Like it's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. 
Um, because they weren't like, oh, let's do that, you know, like a gag where it's like, oh, it's it's Sean Connery dressed up, you know, whatever, and then they, you know, cut in like an actual Asian person. Yeah, they just put like they just do the worst thing imaginable and just make try to make you know Sean Connery look like a stereotypical Asian person. Oh and it's boy, just, it's awful. Um, but yeah, there's there's three characters in this film that are in yellow face or some form of it. Um, there's the photographer lady right at the beginning, um, who she comes back later. She's at the party. Um, oh yeah, and she takes a picture of James Bond. She she's Jamaican, um, like in real life. She's still alive. Um, oh. And but they they gave her makeup to kind of make her look like she's part Asian. Um, like they do kind of like the, you know, the eyeshadow oh, thing and just whatever. Yeah. She's not, she's just, you know, she's, she's Jamaican and I think German or something. Um, <laughs> nice. Miss, I think her name is Mrs. Taro. Um, who's the, the lady that James Bond sleeps with twice and then gets arrested. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's like supposed to be Asian. She's not Asian at all. Like not even a little bit. She was um, supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> that's just a white woman yeah just a white woman in makeup (laughs) um and then dr no himself um who in the movie says he's half chinese not chinese at all that dude is british as hell um so i with that one at least they tried to be like well no he's only half asian like yeah that's why he looks like a big white guy but if you're half anything Half of it's gonna show up. You'd think. <laughs> You'd think. <laughs> Christ. Anyway. Um, wow. They really took like some of the whitest people ever, did nothing to them, and went, "Yeah, that's Asian." That's an Asian person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's made worse by the fact that there are actual Asian people in this film, <laughs> and when you see them side by side, you're like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah. And it's like, just take that guy, take the actual Asian person, yeah, and just put him in that role, right? And then get rid of that guy. Yeah, I don't know, but that was just the thing at the time. It was like, oh, we have a speaking role. Well, we can't give it to like an actual person of color. We have to yeah. give it to a white dude who's been bronzed up, you know. <laughs> oh God, gotta love the sixties. Gotta love it. Um, yeah. So, so one of the things that that James Bond movies are kind of known for is um, gadgets, right? Like you think of a spy movie and you're like, oh, they've always got like a fun gadget, right? What's funny about this movie is I feel like James Bond really only has two gadgets in this one, right? He's got his uh, Walther PPK, which is the the gun that he's issued at the beginning of the film. Yes. And he has his penis. And... (laughs) Where you go with that? <laughs> that makes it sound like throughout the whole movie he just has his dick out, yeah, running around like helicoptering it. Like, I mean, practically, <laughs> yeah. Like, there's okay, so there's that Mrs. Taro, right? Like, James Bond. Which, first of all, the way that scene starts is insane, right? Oh, because yeah. he's like, let me meet you at your place or whatever, right? And she's like, okay, let me give you directions over the phone, right? 
Yeah. And th the way that things worked before Google Maps is just absurd, right? <laughs> she tells him the exact directions on how to get to her house. And it goes for so long, right? Yeah. And I'm like, is he writing this down? Because I would have forgotten, like, instantly. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, same. I mean, I'm not a super spy, but at the same right. time, you know. Um, then you, like, cut to him, like, driving there. And he's following the directions that she gave him, right? And then midway through him, like, going to her house, he is pursued, right, by another yes. car. And we get the worst car chase of all time. That was so it's, bad. It's really awful. Like, for, so this is oftentimes people talk about this being, like, one of the first, like, Western action films. Like, like proper action films, right? Right. The action is awful. It's oh, like it's so bad. none of it is interesting or like yeah. compelling. And this car chase is so bad. It takes place on one road. Yep. They use the same shot like three times. Yep. And the shots of him driving, they use what's called rear projection. So before the advent of green screen, what they would do is they would shoot the background, right? Like they would go get in a car put a camera in the back of the car and they'd shoot the like, you know, driving part. Right. Then they'd go back to the studio. They'd have Sean Connery sit in a car. Right. That was yeah. just like in a studio and they're, they're shooting it like this. And then behind him would be a screen and they would shoot a reverse image of the footage they shot earlier and project it. And so they're huh. shooting, they're filming Sean Connery in front of a projection. And that's what that is. That's why it's called rear projection because they're basically just like they're shooting the same thing twice, but yeah. physically putting Sean Connery in front of it. That's why it looks like ass. And my favorite thing about it is there's a shot of like the car going around the corner, but Sean Connery's going like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he, yeah, he's not turning in the actual direction <laughs> that he's supposed to be going in. No. Also, he doesn't actually like. The only reason he he wins that car chase is because of some outside intervention. Like, yeah, there's he didn't do any fancy driving. Like, if that like construction vehicle hadn't been there, I think he would have just been run off the road. I yeah, I, I think he would have lost that. Yeah, because he was he was not doing very well. No, and I mean you know it's the sixties, so their cars were kind of ass, and they were driving on dirt. And yeah. so they were just all over the place. <laughs> it was real bad. It's bad. Uh, that might have been the worst car chase I've ever seen. Yeah, because it's also not long. It's like 30 seconds long. Yeah. Um, half of that is Sean Connery being rear projected, go, you know, doing his like very dramatic wheel turning. Yeah. Um, and the other half is the same shot of them going around that corner. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it's not interesting. The the other big action sequence or sort of action sequence is like at the start when he leaves the airport, which he's walking oh, through yeah. that airport for like nine years, I swear to God. And uh, he finally leaves the airport and he's like pursued by that other vehicle. The car chase ends because he just takes a right turn um, yeah. <laughs> and like hides from them. And then there's yeah. this like real messy like hand to hand fight scene, um, yeah, which is like very sixties. It's like you know, one guy throws a a punch with his right hand, 
the other guy blocks it on the left and then punches him. Yeah. Um, it ends with with Sean Connery's stunt double doing a beautiful judo throw. Um, yes. Which I think is just the style of the time. You just take a man's wrist and you just flip him over. <laughs> yeah, you just well, and it, it's not even like you like lift him. You like yeah. do this weird like pull down, and they end up going <laughs> ass over kettle or whatever. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it, that whole also it like, and I know that like, you know, it's it's supposed to be that like. James Bond is like this super smart spy, but he never like there's no there's never an indication that he like knows that his driver is working with the people that are following them. Right. He just sort of like goes for it. And that threw me <laughs> off a little bit. Because I was like, how did you know? Because for all intents and purposes, that driver seemed perfectly fine. Yeah, I know. Well, when he first meets him and he's like, oh, I'll just take my bags and put them in the car or whatever. Right. I'm like, oh, it's yeah. just his driver. And then he calls the, the you know, agency on the phone and he's like, you know, did you send a driver for me? And they're like, no, we didn't send a driver. Um, it's like, how did he know? Like, how did he know to ask? Yeah. Like, I guess the point is that he's a spy. And so he's yeah. supposed to always be suspicious. Like he's like, yeah, don't trust Which- anything. But yeah, what's, that's right. the other thing is like, it seemed like everybody was out to get him. Like he had no yeah. friends. There was nobody right. that he could trust. Which, yeah. I mean, like you were saying, it is a spy movie, so I guess kind of fits the genre. Yeah. One of the other characters we get in this movie who is like recurring in other James Bond movies is we get James Bond... Um, his his counterpart in the C- CIA, which is a man named Felix Leiter, um, mm. he's that blonde guy who he's like working for the he's the American guy who's like the CIA agent. Um, yes, he he's recurring in all of the James Bond films. Um, he has varying levels of being competent in these <laughs> films. Um, <laughs> there you go. Like in this movie, he seems like altogether he's a very competent, like you know intelligence officer um and when we first meet him he is wearing the strangest sunglasses i've ever seen oh my god yeah did you notice that i did i was like what are you wearing (laughs) (laughs) like all he was missing was like the big sun hat yeah (laughs) you know i was like did you just get back from the beach i know I thought it would have been great if he had like big sun hat, those glasses, and then like the sunscreen over his nose, oh. you know? <laughs> yep. Yep. That would have just put it would be the whole ensemble. And he wears them the whole time. Yeah, did he I don't think he ever took them off. I don't think so. Bizarre I, choice. I bet you they were like they were like at just like some convenience store trying to look for sunglasses, and that those were the only ones they had, and they went, Well, <laughs> this is all we got. Oh my god. So 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 we, we haven't even talked about him yet, but the villain, um yes. Dr. No. Uh what did you think of not only that villain, but like the his his weird little robot hands? Oh, that's right. He did have robot hands. 
I don't know. I thought he was a weirdo. I didn't really understand his. <laughs> I didn't. Uh... <sighs> Sorry. I didn't really understand his motivations. Um, and I didn't entirely understand what the hell he was trying to accomplish. Like, why was he trying? Like, why was he trying to stop? Did he say why he was trying to stop the 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 the? You know. <laughs> yeah, his his plan is vague, and I don't think he really does ever explain like what he's doing. Like, all he's really doing is he's like knocking rockets out of like the sky, right? So like the Ameri- I, the plot basically is that the Americans are trying to test like rockets in um, the Caribbean, right? Because this was Cold War time, so it's like you know, oh yeah. You know, the, they're trying to test their missile defense systems or whatever. And Dr. No is knocking them out of the sky, right? And they're like, how is he doing that? Like, you know, they don't really understand where, like, how that's happening. And he kind of explains that, like, he took his ideas to, like, the Chinese government and they did, weren't interested. So then he tried to, like, take them to the, the Americans and they didn't like his idea either. Which I don't understand why they don't explain it, but yeah. Um, so I think all he's doing is just knocking rockets out of the sky, but like for the purpose, I guess, of embarrassing everybody. Um, sure. Which ultimately is not that super villainy. Like, really, no. he's doing the world a favor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. He just was kind of a weirdo. Yeah, he didn't seem like super. Evil, I feel like this whole situation, like, I feel like they could have just, you know, sent a cease and desist type thing. I feel like it was quite the overreaction to send, like, a trained killer. (laughs) Who then, also, the way he died was kind of fucked up. Yeah. Uh, Because he got dunked in radioactive water. Yeah. It's also kind of... of the, so, like, what's kind of funny to me about this movie is the, like, climax of the movie, like, the very end, is kind of anticlimactic because yeah. all James, because, like, James Bond, like, he gets captured, right? He goes to have dinner with Dr. No. He pisses him off. So then Dr. No throws him in a jail cell. Yeah. Um, he escapes via this, like, pipe, which, like, it, it's a pretty decent, like, escape scene. Um, and then he just puts on like a suit that looks like one of Dr. No's henchmen. Yes. And then he just happens to stand next to this lever that says danger on it. Um, <laughs> which he then yep. pulls and just explodes the place and then kicks Dr. No into some like radioactive fluid. Yeah. That's it. Like there's yeah. like, he's not, he doesn't do anything clever. He's not like, Oh, well I figured out that, you know, the secret password is blah blah blah. He's just like, oh shit! Look at this lever. <laughs> Yank. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was very interesting. I felt bad. Okay, so first of all, after when that when the facility started exploding, nobody should have survived that because that should have gone nuclear. Like that uh-huh. should have been fucking. Um. What was that horrible nuclear accident? Chernobyl. Chernobyl. It should have just been Chernobyl. 
Yeah. Right? That's what should have happened. Um, instead, it just was kind of like, kaboom, and that was it. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, I don't think those suits would have saved anybody. <laughs> I don't think they were. I don't think they were protective enough. No. Um. They somebody or everybody should have had radiation poisoning. Well, I mean, they gave them that shower at the beginning. So. Oh, that's right. I forgot that you can just shower away radiation. Yeah, you can just scrub it off. Yeah. That scene goes for so long. Oh. Like. Like, first they enter the thing, right? And they scrub them, like, with their clothes on. With like, Yeah. They don't rinse them off. They just scrub yeah. them. And yeah. they're like, oh, shit, it must be in the clothes. So they get naked. Um, <laughs> which my favorite part of that is, <laughs> like, like, take their clothes off. And James Bond's like, her first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Like, wow, what a brave man. I know. Don't do me, do her first. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which we haven't even talked about. So the again, I'm gonna come back to this. One one of the like hallmarks of a James Bond film um is what's called the Bond Girls. Um oh. so each film there's like two or three like attractive women who are like cast in the film and they're kind of like they really don't recur like they're usually like one-off characters um but they're like beautiful but also maybe dangerous or or deadly in some way um so in this movie there's there's a couple but there's right at the start we get sylvia trench who um somehow manages to break into james bond apartment and play golf with no pants on um <laughs> that was so weird <laughs> i i was like what'd she say she was like is this not how you're supposed to play golf mm-hmm. and i was like no no you're yeah. missing your <laughs> pants man also he nearly shot her like he oh, burst just... his, his gun drawn <laughs> yeah she yeah she almost was blown away and she has no reaction to that which i think is very funny she's just like yeah. oh hi james Yo, um, what up so we get Sylvia Trench right at the start. Midway through the film, we get uh, Miss, Te- I think it's Tarot, Tar- Tarot, um, who's like the evil lady. Um, well, who, by the way, when I mentioned his penis being a gadget, um, he just has sex with her twice, despite the fact that he knows she tried to kill him. And he like, calls the cops on her later but he's like well might as well have sex with her you know sometimes sometimes it just does it for a guy i guess so um but then the last bond girl we get is uh honey rider um she does not have the worst bond girl name because they're they all have kind of suggestive names but yeah um she doesn't hold a candle to pussy galore um, <laughs> wait hold on there, no there is a character named pussy galore what? yes she's in octopussy um i'm not making this up this is real this is not a james bond parody film this is a real film it's called octopussy and the bond girl in that film is pussy galore um but in this film we get honey rider um just a name that lots of people have, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, it's very common. She's played by Ursula Andres, um, still alive. 
God bless her. Oh um, yeah. She's almost 90. She's like 89 oh, or something like that. Shit. Um good on I think she, I think she's pretty good in this movie. Um she's yeah, not she's given there. a lot to do, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh this movie doesn't even like come close to passing the Bechtel test. I should just oh, mention that up top. Not. Um yeah. but yeah, she, the, I don't even think the Bechtel test existed. No, it, when this it, movie it was made. Not, no, women were not given any kind of role to do anything. Um, right. She spends most of the film in a bikini. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, she's also overdubbed in this movie. Um, oh, really? So the, the voice you hear is not her voice. That is somebody else. But uh, yeah, it's, it's very... It's an odd choice for the, the first Bond girl. But I think she's good. I mean, she's definitely the iconic, like the shot of her like getting out of the water. Um, that has been parodied like ten thousand times. Yeah. Um yeah, she I think she's great, but uh yeah, not given a lot to do, unfortunately, besides yeah. scream and, and run away. Um yeah, unfortunate, but you know, um one thing that's kind of interesting. James Bond, even though he is like a big womanizer in this, he's not as much of a creep as he is in later movies. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, he doesn't do a ton of groping in this movie. Like, there's a little bit, but he's not always like, hey, baby, let me look at your boobs. He's just like, <laughs> he's like, you know, let's talk in my room later or whatever. You know, yeah. he's just like doing, you know, regular 60s sleazy stuff. He's just, he's not like, you know, I don't know. He's not being too rapey in this one, I guess. Yeah, which bonus points, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, well, and yeah, he like I when movies do like the whole like romance thing, and like ten minutes in, people are already making out and doing it. Yeah, I'm like, can we slow down? Like, <laughs> we just started. Yeah. All right. Take a take a breath. Let's ease into that. Let's build mm-hmm. up. Let's connect a little bit, maybe. Not yeah. just oh, we're gonna bone first ten minutes into this fucking thing. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I also I like that. There's this like because they talk about like you know Doctor No's base is on this island, Crabtree Island or whatever. Yeah, and it's supposed to be the super remote. Like if you even step foot on it, you know you're gonna get shot in the face or whatever. Um, and then they get there and they're like, like they have no equipment. Like they yeah. just rock up to the island and he sleeps on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Under a tree. Yeah. What you can also tell this movie was made in the '60s because his like stealth outfit is just like some like high waisted pants and a shirt. <laughs> It's not like... And they're not even dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a white (laughs) t-shirt. Yeah. He's not even... Because, like, now, if they shot that right, he'd be in, like, a a black, like, scuba suit, and then he'd pull that off, and he'd have on, like, tactical gear. But in this, he's just like, let me just rock up in, like, a two-piece suit and then fall asleep on the ground. (laughs) Um, Because he's like, put the boat away. I'm going to go get some sleep. And then he just lays on, like, the floor... Yeah, um, it's like you could sleep in the boat, or you could bring some stuff with you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I it was it's just wild, and uh, yeah. And speaking of gear, he 
it boggles my mind that they only gave him the one gun. They also yeah. said your Beretta is too feminine. Uh-huh. Here's essentially the same gun. <laughs> like I'm fairly certain they were the the Beretta and the one that he was given were very similar calibers, same size, right? Yeah. Probably same uh, round capacity. Why? I don't know. I and the thing too is that the Beretta is like it's got that like nice, like sleek look to it. Like yeah. it looks like what we imagine a handgun to look like, right? It's got like a long barrel, yeah, um, and it's got a real chunky handle. And the Walther PPK looks like a fucking like squirt gun. It's like this little like <laughs> yeah. baby gun. And it's like that's better than a Beretta, but I I I don't know. Whatever, man. It apparently also, has he... infinite ammo. Oh, he, oh yes, that's the other yeah. thing. He just never fucking reloaded. No. They gave him the one clip and he was like, all right, I'm set. It also seems like he's a bad shot because yes. There's that scene where they're being pursued by the dragon, which is just like a tank. It's just like a tank with a flamethrower on it. Yeah. Um, and he's like, okay, Quarry, you go over there and you take out the driver and I'll shoot out the headlights. And I swear he shoots 50 times before yep. he takes out one headlight. Just one. Yeah. Yep. And, and, he, and it was pretty funny because it, it seemed like he was like, when he finally hit it, he was like, "Oh, I got it!" Okay, let me shoot <laughs> the other one now. Yeah. Um, well, he shoots that one, and then Quarry gets burned to death. Oh well, yeah. So. And he's like, "Dang it!" Bummer. Oh Bummer. well. The one black character got killed. Didn't see yeah. that coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's also, just... this movie. It takes place in Jamaica, right, for the most part. That is important because uh, J- uh, Ian Fleming, who wrote James Bond, he has a or he had a um, property on Jamaica near Kingston. It was called the Golden Eye Ranch, um, and he would go there to write all of the James Bond novels. So, like, he would go there, bust one out, come back to to England, and like sell it, right? Yeah, and. So they set this one in Jamaica as kind of like an homage to that. Um, But despite the fact that it's set in Jamaica, they overdub a lot of the like black characters with what are clearly white people doing a Jamaican accent. And it's really awful and noticeable. It's so bad. (laughs) It's so bad. There's a lot of people being like, he's over there, man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and it's like you could you you don't have to like do that you can just have those actors speak yeah i don't know it was the style of the time i guess let's remake this movie and just make it better <laughs> i think they've talked about remaking this one but um i think the the because the villain the villain is a stereotype for that time um, like Dr. No, he falls into what is called, and, and nobody disparaged me for using this term. This is just what it was called, but he falls into what is like the yellow scare stereotype, which ah. is this idea of like 
Chinese or Japanese like super villains who are like super intelligent um but like hate the west and they want the west to fall and they want the east to be superior or whatever um he's in the style of somebody like fu manchu who uh was this famous like um yellow scare like stereotype character um so i think if they made this movie again i i think they'd have to change dr no to be like either like just be white or do something with him because as it stands like i don't think you can get away with that kind of thing anymore because it's just like (laughs) yeah yeah no i you know if this movie was made today um it would not do well no it would do so it would it would probably just flop completely it's very interesting um and unfortunate (laughs) yeah um on a slightly different topic this movie so the last thing that i can think of that's one of the tropes of the james bond movies is each film they do a theme so like they'll usually take like a popular artist from the time and have them do like a song um that plays in the opening credits yeah this is the first one they don't actually have that they just have the James Bond theme. Um, yeah. And I love it. Like, despite the fact that they so use it about a thousand times in this film. Yeah. Um, and they use it for everything. Like, if he's just walking down the fucking hallway, it's like, down, 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 When you get that intro where it's like the, the barrel of the gun. Yes. And then it like, you know, James Bond flips around and shoots through the barrel. Yeah. Um, and then it starts the theme gets me every time it's fucking amazing i just love it i did really like that that little opening scene i was like ah spy movie yes not very good not sean connery by the way it's actually his stuntman in that opening sequence oh really yeah his name is i want to say his name is bill something um bill Yeah, I don't know why it's not Sean Connery. I'm like, there's no stunt involved. I don't know why it yeah. couldn't have been him. But yeah, um, yeah it's the, the that silhouette. For the first like three or four movies, that is all uh, Sean Connery's stuntman. <laughs> um, but it's great. I mean, it's it's very iconic. They still use that. Um, they use the newer actors, but they use oh, yeah. the same intro. You know, the turnaround, the... You know that? Yeah. Um, which I think is great. I, I never get good. tired of it. Yeah. Spy movies always have great intros. Like, oh, they do. Like, Mission Impossible always has the like, um, it has the Mission Impossible theme, but they always have that like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Fuse that's like running. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that's yep. one of my favorite. Uh, oh, I love the spy fuse. movie. The which we should we should do a Mission Impossible soon because I just saw the new one and it was fantastic. Was it really? Um, oh yeah, it was great. Nice. Um, Definitely not my favorite one, but but it's up there. It's really good. Um, Excellent. Yeah, maybe. Do you want to do Mission Impossible next week? We could. Yeah. We could watch I'm the down. first one. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's do that. Let's just do like like a whole bunch of spy movies because I've never seen Jason Bourne. Okay, that could be interesting because we could do. Because I think they all fall into slightly different like genres. Like I yeah. feel like 
James Bond to me is kind of like squarely in between Mission Impossible and Jason Bourne, right? Because like on one end of the spectrum is Jason Bourne, where it's like there is no fun. It is just like yeah, it's very serious. There's like no crazy gadgets or anything. It's just a man and a knife. And he's angry, right? And that's Jason Bourne. <laughs> Excellent. Whereas Mission Impossible is just like, everything's wacky. Like, it's like, yeah. you know, there's masks and there's gadgets and there's like, you know, spy planes and helicopters. And, and Tom Cruise riding on the side of a C-130. Yeah, it's just like all that. And then yeah. square in the middle is James Bond. We're like... Some films, he's just a man and a gun and his penis and that's it. And then, you know, some he's got like, you know, an inflatable alligator that he rides down a mountain or whatever. Um, <laughs> Incredible. So I think that would be fun. I think I think we'll do Mission Impossible next week or okay. two weeks from now. And then after that, we'll do um, The Bourne Identity. Christ, it's Jason Bourne. Yes. Yeah, we'll do the, we'll do the Bourne Identity, which is the first... Born okay so this is our spy trilogy officially um, my parents owned the original three jason Bourne movies i really like the first one yeah i don't think i really like i can't remember the other two because they're they're very I've similar two and yeah three. um and then four has jeremy renner instead of Ooh. matt damon which is like and it's like a different it's like a different character um the fuck? and then the fifth one i saw in theaters and i was really disappointed because it was really boring um <laughs> but yeah the first one i like so i'm excited to yeah. revisit that but next week we'll do or or actually you know what let's let's do it the other way let's do next week we'll do jason Bourne, and then okay. we'll do mission impossible because we'll go we'll go serious and then we'll go wacky and then we'll um, go okay all right because I yeah I I'm more I haven't seen it's been longer that I've seen the Born Identity than it is that I've seen, um, the first Mission Impossible. So that one's not as familiar to me. So I'm like, all right, like I'm more interested to see that one. Yeah, all right, sounds good. I'm a big Matt Damon fan. Oh, I love Matt Damon. I'm a big fan He's of his great. too. We we just watched um The Martian. Yeah. Uh, the other day. Oh, oh, what a movie. Oh, I, so good. My favorite thing about The Martian is that Matt Damon is the perfect choice for that film. Yeah. Because if Matt Damon was stranded on Mars, I too would be really motivated to go get him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'd be yeah. like, no, not Matt. We gotta go get him. We gotta go get that boy. Um and and my roommate brought up a really good point. Like Matt Damon is such a good actor. Because he essentially just did a two-hour-long monologue. Yeah, pretty much. Like, 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 from the moment he comes to on Mars to the moment he's rescued, he doesn't act alongside anybody. It's yeah. just him. Mm -hmm. uh, and he does a phenomenal job. That's a great movie. Yeah. If you haven't seen The Martian, go read the book too by Andy yeah. Weir. Oh. oh, so good. I've not read the book, but from what I understand, it's a lot more um, 
like diagrams and stuff, like a lot more yes. of the technical bits than the movie is. But yeah, yeah, you get a lot more like the the science and stuff. Um, the movie is still fairly true to the book. Like a lot of the same jokes are still there, like the the space pirate joke. Oh yeah, which is like my favorite joke of all time is in there. Um, but yeah, highly recommend the book. It's very good. It's a good read. It's quick. Okay. Cool. So. All right. Well, do you have anything else to say about Doctor No? Um. Oh, the final, the end scene where like the Coast Guard or whatever shows up to save their ass. And they like, they're like, oh, you know, we could use a tow out of here. And so they throw him the rope, and they're using the rope to tow him. First of all, just get on the fucking boat with the Coast Guard. <laughs> like, you don't need to be taking this extra boat with you. Yeah. And then, because they're sitting, James Bond and uh, Honey are sitting in the boat. And she like goes down uh-huh and it almost seems like she's about to just give him like the sloppy toppy 3000 oh yeah yeah right and i'm like i i was almost like oh my god what is happening but then they both sit down on the floor of the boat for some stupid reason and then james bond just fucking lets go with a rope yeah so it's like tie it off or something (laughs) the coast guard's just like um uh uh." (laughs) Uh, guys Guys. meanwhile james bond and honey are just fucking in a boat Mm -hmm. and so i don't know i feel like the ending could have been a little better yeah (laughs) because that was kind of that was kind of ridiculous I, I want to start a series where um, it's just sound bites of you. And <laughs> it's called Grayson Critiques the Classics. And yeah. uh, it's anytime we do like a classic film, it's just a sound bite <laughs> of you. And it's just like, I don't know. I think the ending could have been a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I agree, yeah. though. I Yeah, it's it's very like, yeah. Um, but I, I should say, I thought of you during the movie because you mentioned at the start there is a double-handed oh yeah over the head onto the middle of the back and as soon as it happened i was like there it is yeah the classic they didn't know how to punch in the 60s no that it was like that that was the only thing they had yep that was the move like if you wanted to take a guy down you just yeah right in the square in the middle of the back Mm-hmm. Drops them like a sack of potatoes. Oh yeah, I'm gonna try that in a street fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which you notoriously get into on the daily. Yeah, next time I'm in a scrap, you know, I'm just gonna <laughs> just hit them with the with the bond. Yeah, they won't see it coming. No, or or hit them with the uh, the the Kirk. I'm gonna hit the him Kirk. with Captain Kirk. Yeah. Yep. There you go. But um, you can also do it right to the gut. Oh yeah. Yep. You can also do the the grab a man by the collar, you know, and, and hit him oh, with your yeah. head. You know, that's yeah. a good one. There you go. Um, yeah, I love old-timey fight scenes. They're fantastic. Oh, yeah. they're, they're just so wild. They hadn't invented fighting yet. They're no, just there's also... This is like... 
like well before like martial arts films had made their way like over to America. So yeah. there is just like no pace to the fight. Like oh god no. It is just like like swing block swing block smash. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Judo yep. flip, you know. It being a fight choreographer in the 60s must have been the easiest fucking job ever. Oh yeah. You, just you didn't have to shit. Yeah, you just sit back, light a cigarette, and you're like, I don't know, have at it. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. That was it. He's like, all right, so you're billing me for eight hours? Great, I'm out. <laughs> like, I can grab some, some, you know, catering on the way out. Yeah. Um, uh, can I harass your sec- secretary, you know? Um, yeah. That's, that's, but that's pretty much all I had. I got nothing. Yeah. Else. Yeah. That, that's it for me too. Yeah. Um, also for anyone who, who's interested in the nitty gritty of the behind the scenes of this, we both have to go to work today. So yes, we do. Um, we, we got to cut this short, but, um, what, what would you rate this film out of 10? Probably like a 6.5. Okay. What are your reasons? Um, well, like we were saying, you know, kind of drags a little bit. Mm-hmm. Action is kind of janky. You know, there's the racism. Um, there's the there's just some stuff that just seemed unnecessary and they could have cut or just done differently. Um, the premise was okay. I just I needed more explanation. I needed more reasons. Yeah. Um I do like Sean Connery, though. I think he did a great job. I think all the actors, like you were saying, all the acting was, you know, fairly decent. Everybody, you know, they showed up to work and they did their work. I just, there, there's so much that just could have been done a little better. Um, especially, like, because, like, Star Trek, even though it was from the 60s and some of that stuff is also quite janky, like, it's it just seems better. Yeah. Um, because it, I don't know, there's just something about Star Trek that, that they, like, they explain stuff and the the episodes are, like, exciting, um, and you, like, you want to watch them. Yeah. Um, and so, I, yeah, I just think there's just some stuff that could have been done better and, you know not doing a racism is yeah yeah you know so. um i think i'm generally with you i was gonna go a little bit lower i was gonna say like a six out of ten um, okay mostly for the reasons that you stated but also because i think the finale is just kind of nothing yeah um yeah it just doesn't really go anywhere and also <clears throat> i think just in comparison to the other bond films it's just not great um it's very rudimentary, I guess, but yeah. I think as like a standout film of that time, uh, it's good. Like, and it's not. I get bored in the second half of the movie, but I was very engaged like the first half. So yeah, I can't fault it for that. But yeah, I would say like if you're interested in the history of this kind of thing, then definitely go watch it. But if you're not, then I think you could miss it. Um, yeah, and just move on to one of the more fun ones, I guess. Yes, yeah, hundred um, percent. But that's pretty much all I got. Yeah. Um, so, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you like this podcast, leave us a nice review. 
give write us a comment. Write a comment. Leave a uh, a review, written review or a five yeah. stars. Um, give us five uh, itty bitty little guns out of five. <laughs> uh, uh, email us. Email us at vivalaaction at gmail dot com. Uh, it's up on the grams. The grams or the books. And the- in the books of faces oh yeah we're on there yeah uh, we're everywhere we're not on threads uh we're also not on twitter yeah. um oh, God. But you can find <laughs> sorry we're not on x um... yeah don't even get <laughs> fucking started on that bullshit but you can find uh, us everywhere else yeah tiktok and youtube i'm not up to date yeah. on the youtube so nobody yell at me i know i'm not <laughs> i gotta catch up but yeah yeah um i'm a one-man army over here okay Sometimes if I you want help, just let me know. No. <laughs> I'm EP. That's fair. I'm also EP. But, uh, yeah. You'll find Hell Grayson yeah. um, sleeping on top of a missile that's yep. headed towards the Cayman Islands. And you'll find me um, having sex in a boat. <laughs> nice good one uh with a missile with a missile yeah Yeah. we're both involved in a missile Um, yeah it's it's a missile crisis all over again yeah just just call me jfk (laughs) i don't know Uh... (laughs) missile crisis to electric boogaloo oh god um that's probably not gonna age well anyway um Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. (laughs) Would would the podcast continue if you were in prison? Yeah. Okay. I would find you? a way to do it. I'd force them to let me. Okay. <laughs> Here like, via shiv. Like, yeah, I'd be like, "Look, you can put me, you can put me in the goddamn hole. I don't <laughs> care. The only thing I ask is free Wi-Fi, a computer, and a microphone, so I can fucking record shit every week. <laughs> oh, and a TV with Netflix and shit, so I can watch yeah. the movies, but." Yeah, I don't oh, care. Speaking of Netflix, they pulled that bullshit on me where they were like, this account is not part of your household or whatever. Um, and so I can't access Netflix right now because I'll have to take my fire stick over to my in-laws house and like plug it in and uh-huh. like, turn it on and then bring it back here. And then it's good for another like 30 days or whatever. That's um, fucking stupid as hell. Yeah, so I'm like, well, I guess I'm just not using Netflix anymore. <laughs> oh my god. That's so annoying. I know. I'm like, I'm not doing all that shit. Yeah. And it's like, just start your own account. I'm like, no. No, fuck you. I've got enough to pay for. Yeah. I'm not paying $7 a month to watch ads, which is the <laughs> lowest tier. Yeah. Fuck that. Wait, $7 a month still gives you ads? Yeah, because they added, so they have like tiers now. Because there's Ugh. like, there's like their lowest tier, which is like six ninety nine or whatever. Yeah, and it's like, you you have to watch like an ad before every episode or whatever, Ugh. and then you have the next one, which is like ten dollars, 
and there's no ads, but it's you're you're only like two screens can be watching at the same time or something, and it's like you can only get like a certain quality of of um, streaming content or something. It's like you have to like mid level streaming um, quality, like the like you can't get the max like ultra yeah. HD or whatever. And then they have like their highest tier, which is just like everything. Um, but that one's like $14 a month. And I'm like, I'm not paying for that for just to watch like, I don't know, Seinfeld or whatever. <laughs> what, you don't want to watch Seinfeld in 4K? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it enhances the experience that much. <laughs> I don't want to watch Seinfeld unless I'm like in a hotel room in the Midwest and it's the only thing on. <laughs> That's right. Anytime my family travels, the only thing we watch in the hotel is HGTV. Yeah. Last time we went on a trip, when we went to Chicago, we turned on the TV once because we were just like waiting. Like we had just been out like walking around and then we came back and we were just like drying off our sweat and we were just like watching yeah. something just to, just to watch something. And this show came on called Bar Rescue. Um, oh yeah i've seen that before i have yeah i love that show it's just the most (laughs) aggressive like like cooking like renovation show of all time it's just just, like for anyone who hasn't watched it because i'm technically recording right now uh what basically there's like like a (laughs) you know it's like like hell's kitchen or any of those where like you know there's like this bar that needs like help right because like either some idiot is running it or like the you know the family that runs it has fallen apart or whatever. And this bald <laughs> man named uh James Taffer, I think his name's Taffer, he he like hires like a chef and like a a, a bartender to like help him out, right? And they, they all kind of like renovate the bar. But my favorite thing about it is that the opening like few minutes of the show they like watch the like bar as it's being run to see like what problems it has but every episode the same thing happens we're like about five or ten minutes into them like watching the live feed of the bar the the host guy gets like all mad and he's like i'm going in there and then he like kicks down the door and he's like you're a fucking idiot and you're a fucking idiot and he's just like screaming at people and then like by the end of the show he's like you did a good job <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible yeah occasionally we have it playing at our work mm-hmm. or at my at where i work um i'll just like walk into the break room and that's just on and i'm like yeah. all right it's an amazing show it's very interesting yes it's just a lot of a bald man just screaming at people who you know are just trying to follow their dreams yeah he's like your retirement's on the line 